This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second part of the post-game show therapy session after the Steelers get lambasted by the Bengals <laughs> in Week 12. And joining me as always, Brian Anthony Davis and Dave Schofield. Knee-jerk reaction for the defense time. Brian, what's your knee-jerk reaction from the Steelers' D? Depleted and possibly deleted. <laughs> I like it. I like that. Dave, what about you? What's your knee-jerk reaction? Can't get pushed around on defense. I mean, this... And you can say the same for offense. This team just got pushed around. Coach Tomlin, I mean, he identified the problem, and he's right. You know, he said it at halftime, and it ended up being, you know, true even in the second half. They just got beat in the trenches on both sides of the ball. So when you're a defense, you can't get pushed around. You can't get pushed around, and they got pushed around. Yeah, you can't can't argue that at all. Let's get to this, Alfred. I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. This is not necessarily specific to the defense, but Alfred gives us a dollar ninety nine. Says just can't stop feeling like there's no camaraderie. This is something that, as fans, we only get to see game days, the interactions with players, and and how they respond. Definitely has been a unique year. You know, a lot of veterans left the team, whether it was Pouncey in retirement, to Castro gets released with injury. Um, you're basically bringing in a whole new offensive line uh, on defense. You lose some talent as well. A player like Mike Hilton, which he came back and got a pick six of Ben. We all saw that this week. What do you think about the camaraderie on this team? Maybe even just all season, not necessarily after this one loss. Brian, what do you think? I see a lot of camaraderie in a lot of places. I think if, if I'm going to try to dissect what Alfred is saying, I'm thinking that there's a disconnect between Ben and the younger players is what he's what he's seeing. I don't know if that's true, I but I think that's a possibility. Um, if you feel like there's no camaraderie on this team and it's showing up on your screen, then there might not be. I'm just not sure. Every time a younger player steps out in defense of Ben Roethlisberger when somebody's saying that he's done or somebody's saying that he had a bad game or there's criticism – they jump up to defend them. So I'm really not sure, but it seems like in a lot of places there's camaraderie. Now, were they dancing in the end zone all day like Cincinnati, which was some of the worst athletic dancing I've ever seen? Um, no, they they weren't. They didn't have an opportunity. But I think uh, when things are going well, it's there. And I think it's not, not like 1986 when Mark Malone's yelling at everybody and screaming at him after he had the worst play ever. Now, you guys don't remember that as much as I do, but yeah, there's a possibility that's not there, but I'm not really seeing too much evidence of it. Dave, what are your thoughts on the camaraderie? I, it's just so hard to judge. Cause I mean, we see such a little 
snapshot of everything that goes on with this organization. And that's what we have to remember as fans, but we don't like to feel that way. But the problem is, I mean, what are we getting? Maybe we get to see maybe two or 3% of really what goes on with his organization. And that's even in the day of, you know, in, in, in this day of social media, there's so much that goes on behind closed doors with these players and meetings and practices and everything else. And we're trying to, to, to say that we have solutions to problems that we aren't privy to so much of the information to even come up with it. It's why it's frustrating, but at the same time, what else are you going to do? Because the team's not getting the job done when it comes to camaraderie. I don't know how in the world you could even judge that unless someone actually comes out and says something about it. Yeah. I mean, there are things that were interesting earlier in the season when Ben was on the ground and no offensive line and helped them up. That obviously made headlines. Um, I saw Najee get popped today. Kind of looked like someone hit him a little late. No one came to his defense. Weird things like that. You notice, but again, just a snapshot. This is going back to the offense, but this is good before we get into the defense. Allen gives us 499. He says, people keep saying the line is young and will get better. Are, is Kevin Green and Dan Moore, phys- are they physically talented enough to get better, or is their ceiling limited? Dave, you're the O-line expert. What do you think? Well, I don't know how much you all um, catch stuff on Steelers.com. Uh, I know there's something that Jeff always enjoys on game day. It's a, it's an interview that Bob Labriola does with Coach Tomlin. Today, I catch, I, I, I checked out his asked and answered column where people were just fans asking questions, and yeah. it was about Kevin – Kevin, sorry, Kendrick Green, and should the Steelers be looking to move him to guard because he can't physically do this? And first of all, Labriola says, uh, first of all, give him the season and also give him beyond the season. And this was why. And he had a, re- and this is a really good point. And this is what I would say as someone with the offensive line, although I don't know about this at the NFL level, just what I've seen is that you get these guys coming out of college, you get them in there. This is why you don't always throw your offensive lineman in right away is because you want them to go through the whole regimen of the NFL workouts, the NFL strength training. And that's the one thing that Kevin Dotson had going for him last year is that that dude was already just a beast when it came to strength and weight and everything else. So that's why he could come in when they called on him right away as a rookie. These other two guys, I give Kendrick Green a chance to actually go through an off-season workout and put on the muscle and everything else along with the athletic ability that they want out of the position and then see what he can do. I think the biggest thing with these two young guys is get them through the Steelers offseason doing what they want to help get their body a little bit better to be the type of players in the NFL because, honestly, it's really tough to get an offense. If a guy is that ready as an offensive lineman, um, from that standpoint, chances are they're going pretty high in the draft. Uh, that's why it was amazing that the Steelers got Kevin Dotson in the fourth round. And with these two guys being third and fourth round picks, part of it is they need some time to get their their body to be the best NFL player they can be. Ryan, do you want to t- add, add anything to that? There's really not much to add to that, but let me go back to 1989 for the second time in this podcast. <laughs> and... In 1988, the Steelers drafted Dermani Dawson, and he was a guard for the entire season. They drafted in the third round that year a guy named Chuck Lanza, which they thought was going to be the future of the team. In 1988, in 1989, Lanza's basically gone. They uh, they found out that he wasn't the right guy to do it. They moved Dermonti over to a Hall of Fame career. Now, what I'm saying here, this is a little bit of 
of a different situation. When you're a rookie at center, that's, I mean, offensive line's one thing, and Dave said, said it, but when you're a rookie at center, that's a whole lot more eyes on you. There's so much, so many eyes on you. There's so, there's so much more to know than just being the guard or the tackle, which those are tough positions as well. But center is something else. And for him to be lasting this long and showing signs of brilliance on a team that is at 5-5-1, five, five and one, probably overachieving at this, t- at this point in the season. So this is an experiment that you wait to see how he plays the rest of the year and where things go. But I don't think that you really need to replace this guy already when it's just your rookie season. Remember the Steelers' defense in the past 15 years? It seemed like under Dick LeBeau, it seemed that if you were a defender, it didn't matter how how high you were drafted, you were a red shirt most of that rookie season. We saw it with Troy Palomalu. We saw it with Cam Hayward. We saw it with a lot of guys that uh, uh, went from busting eyes of fans that weren't patient to you know, Hall of Famers. There you go. We'll see. And that's what we said a lot with this offensive line was, are these players starting because of out of necessity or because they earn the job? And that's something that we'll be debating for a long time. Yeah. Um, let's go to the next super chat. I guess it's evocative pizza. 499 says, haven't won a playoff game in four years and it'll be five. Defensive coordinator, special teams and head coach, all the same in that tenure. When will there be accountability? Okay, guys, uh, let's, let's answer the question here. Brian, we'll start with you. Give you a chance to answer first. Should there be accountability to the coaching staff? If so, who and should someone be gone at season's end? You know, this is a question that, man, I don't want to answer without even going on a rant, but I'm not, I'm going to keep one rant per show. Um, (laughs) All right. Mike Tomlin's been there 15 years. There's a lot of narrative that he's ruined this team, and that's what I'm reading. I'm not saying that. but he's done so many things over the past couple of years to uh, to take teams that were struggling to take a team with uh, Mason and Duck and at least having an eight and eight season. I know that's not good enough for everybody. I don't think it's there. I uh, if I'm going to uh, be consistent in the way I've been talking the past couple of years, I was blaming I was blaming blaming Randy Feetner for a lot of the problems on offense. And then they go ahead and replace them. Is one year enough to say that this is a problem? Is one year enough to uh, realize that sometimes you've got to move players around and bring the right people in for your system to go ahead and get rid of somebody? You know, I, I think that's a little too early. The defense, we were all ready to get rid of one Mr. Butler. The Butler, he did it. That's what everybody was saying. Back then in 2019, you get Minka, you get back a healthy Vince Williams, and that defense was on the rise. And that defense, you know, was pretty high in the top five the last couple of years. Is it that? Is it the problem with Butler in Canada? Or is it a problem with the right players aren't there and the right players that are there are injured? That's the question you got to ask. And right now I'm answering that. I don't know if it's, uh, uh, I don't know if it's the players. I, 
I excuse me, I don't know if it's the coaching. I'm still not ready to blame the coaching. I'm blaming the guys that are throwing bad interceptions on the field. I'm blaming the guys that are dropping passes, a, a sure first down pass, and maybe so much more, maybe a touchdown and chase Claypool. And I'm not loving the schemes right now, but is this is this the scheme that you have to use for the players you have? That's the only answers I have for that, fellas. Dave, you want to chime in on that? I'm I'm good. <laughs> Todd Williams gives us 499, but no comment. I have his next comment. All right, go ahead. This was the next one that he had from what unless there was supposed to be something there, and this was a follow-up to it. So okay. there you go. Todd asks, case in point, fellas, if you know you have green O linemen. How do you go? How do you go into the season knowing this will uh... with a QB oh, okay. to be like Ben? Yeah. What I would say about that is, if you know your offensive line is completely rebuilt, what would you rather? What would you rather do? Go in with a quarterback that you don't really know what they do and can't truly assess them because the offensive line, or you go in with a quarterback that you, even though he's on the decline, you at least know what he has to do this. That's what I said about Ben is that if you're going to be rebuilding your offensive line, I'd much rather do it with a quarterback that is on the decline and trying to play, you know, one or two more years and, and, and do that rather than not even really be able to, to truly assess what's going on. How many first overall pick quarterbacks do we not even really know how good they are because they go on such a bad team? You know, and if this offensive line was going to be like this, I'd much rather have it with a quarterback that you kind of know that at least what you could have had from him. I mean, what would if we're if we're going this season with Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins? I mean, especially those that are calling for Dwayne Haskins, how could you accurately judge what he can do with this offensive line? So that's why you you know, Jeff and I talked about the offseason. Jeff right away when to to start last offseason was was kind of wanted in a shiny new quarterback. I'm like, doesn't do any good to get a new quarterback if you're not going to rebuild the line first. I would try to rebuild the line first. Now, the question is, are they actually having any success rebuilding this line? And that's still a really big question up in the air. Well, we're all talking about the offense. I feel like the defense. Yeah, we're, was, we're, and we need to talk about the defense here. I mean, I mean there, there was a pick six, but the Steelers <laughs> still surrendered 41 points yeah. to the Cincinnati Bengals in the first half. They didn't force one punt in the entire half. It wasn't until the third quarter that they forced a punt. It, it basically, I know there were times where I think the only stop they made was on that third down, third and goal after the interception on the Steelers' first offensive possession. After that, it was just like, Delaying the inevitable is what I kept on saying on Twitter. Oh, it's third and six delaying the inevitable. <laughs> They're going to get it. They're going <laughs> to score points. Um, so let's talk about this um, defense first, because I feel like the defense, we're all bashing Ben. We're all bashing the offense. But in reality, the defense deserves a lot of blame. Let's talk about the tackling. My question is, is can the tackling improve in season with the rules of with the NFLPA and the collective bargaining agreement? Dave, what are your thoughts on that? Say that one more time. Can the tackling improve? I mean, they yes. can't tackle in practice. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So practice. without being able to tackle yeah. in practice, can it actually, can you actually expect any significant improvement in that area? Well, and probably not. 
I mean, and that's why sometimes early in the season, the Steelers might tackle better than other teams because they actually tackle and practice during training camp, which other teams don't do, you know, but now they can't practice it anymore. You almost have to ask yourself, is that actually doing them a disservice because they work on tackling and now to their point that they basically can't tackle in practice. So it would be nice if they could, but I, I don't see how the CBA even allows them to work on it. They can't. <laughs> they yeah. can't have only allowed so many padded practices, I think, a season yeah. or something like that. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts on the tackling for the Steelers? What tackling? It, it, it was hardly <laughs> there. Um, you know, James Pierre was terrible. There, there were missed tackles here and there, and it's been happening every week. And it's getting more egregious. It's I don't know whether it's the fact that they are not that they are so depleted and there's guys that really should be just depth pieces, not starting every week. I don't know what it is, but the tackling is, is a problem. Go ahead, Dave. I got to jump back in because I don't think they had as many missed tackles this year, this year, this week as they did last week. No, I I think, I think they just got blown off the ball. Yeah. So part of it, like with the run game, is that they're getting blown off the ball. So when you're not getting contact with anyone at all, I mean, how many times was Joe Mixon running free? You can't miss the tackle when he's running free. So granted, the tackling is not good. I actually thought it was worse last week. They just didn't even get in a position to tackle this week. That's just my knee-jerk reaction. I don't think I can stress how huge a loss Tyson Alawalu was for the Steelers. He was so good and so versatile along that line that it allowed someone like Chris Wormley to only play sparingly. When you thrust Chris Wormley into a starting role, well, you're seeing what you get. And he's a, he's a depth piece. It's something Jeffrey Benedict has said a lot on his cutting room floor podcast. Chris Wormley as a fourth defensive lineman is tremendous at his job. Having him as number two, not, not, it's not good. It's not good. And that's what's happening. Um, you know, when you lose someone like Tyson Alawalu, when Stefan Tuitt continues to be out and it's looking more and more like he's going to miss the entire season, I would be sh- stunned if he comes back at this point. Uh, but nonetheless, the tackling was an issue, but the run defense was a huge issue as Joe Mixon rushed for 116 yards in the first half, finished with 165 on 28 carries, a 5.9 yard average two touchdowns, a 32-yard long. Oh, boy. Let's talk about the rush defense. Uh, Dave, go ahead. Yeah. Where was it? You know, (laughs) it just – I will say this. I thought it was a big step when after, you know, getting that first big run by Mixon and then lining up offsides – or, or coming across early, that they pulled Devin Bush for the rest of the drive. Um, kind of surprised they went back to him, but then again, with Spillane getting hurt, I don't even know what point he got hurt. Um, you know, they were going to have to anyway, most likely. But it, they were just getting blown off the ball, moved so much that the holes were so big that you're, you're – and – and blockers were getting to the to the second level guys. That's part of your job as a defensive lineman is to not let offensive linemen off to go block the linebackers. That's why sometimes defensive linemen get called for holding. They're like, "What do you mean they're holding? They're trying to grab a hold of the lineman for, to keep him from going to block a linebacker." And the linebackers are getting caught up with the offensive line, and they just they just got moved all over the place. So 
run defense was just not, not existent. I mean, the Bengals literally could have almost decided they weren't going to pass the ball the entire game and they were just going to run it. And they, 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 they would have, I mean, it might not have been 41 to 10, but I still think they would have won the game if they would have yeah. had zero pass attempts. They were able to throw it too. We'll get to that in a second. Brian, your thoughts on the run defense? Wasn't there either. I mean, when at one point Mixon had one sixty four. I know you you mentioned how many, but uh, I, I don't have it on my. I can't remember what it is. One sixty five. Oh, so he had only one more after that. I, you know, I, <laughs> they, they were they were tearing this team apart, and we saw we saw a quarterback tear them up last week. You saw for the first touchdown this game. You saw a quarterback tear you up this week. And for, uh, what was that, 32 yards for Burrow? So all I'm saying is that they're not uh, they're not playing the run like they used to. When I say they used to, in this season, yeah. they're, they're just not playing the run the same. So it, it's, it's just, uh, they're a mess on defense. And they went from, uh, the, uh, the announcers today said that they went from 11th to 23rd, and they're probably going to go down a whole lot more because this this run defense is getting them sh- is getting them shredded. Yeah, they, they definitely hit. Dave's looking at his notebook. Oh boy. Oh yeah. No, keep going. I'm, oh okay. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm I thought you found your. I, thought, how, I, you found no, I was looking. They were talking about that was just defensive yards in, in general. I was going to look up specifically the run defense. I mean. Going into the Detroit game, the Steelers' run defense was 15th in the NFL, and going into this game, they were 26th. So, and I imagine that's going to get worse. I mean, you went from middle of the league, and even before the Detroit game, I think they were they were even as high as 12th going into Chicago. So, you're talking about going almost to the top 10 of run defenses in the league to the bottom, probably the bottom five in a matter of four weeks. It's just that's not good. Yeah. That's not good at all. And the yeah, the passing was the pass defense was was really not better. Um, Joe Burrow kind of had his way as well. 20 of 24. Talk about an efficient oh, wow. day. He only had to throw for 190, one touchdown. He was intercepted once. Some might say he should have been intercepted twice. Yeah, Highsmith couldn't bring it down. Was sacked two times. Um, when you look at the Steelers defensive pass make pass defenses, Mika Fitzpatrick obviously with the interception, Akella Witherspoon had one, and, and Isaiah Loudermilk got a piece of one. That was it. Um, James Pierre got turned around on more than one occasion. There were penalties. I know Cam Sutton got called for a defensive pass interference early in the game. What do you think about the pass the, the pass defense here? Dave, we'll start with you. When you finally get the job done to force them into third and long, you can't let them make easy, easy catches for first downs. I mean, I don't like the philosophy of only rushing three on third and long because you dropped everyone back and yet you're still giving them easy catches. You know, if you're going to do that, you might as well send six guys and at least make them have to throw it too quick before they could even reach the sticks. Um, So I just, the pass defense, all you, it's kind of like, all you need is one weakness and the other team can exploit it. And, and that's all it takes. So you're only as strong as your weakest link. Um, and unfortunately it got picked on some today and now it's eight straight games where the Steelers have, have, have lost whenever Joe Hayden wasn't in the lineup. 
Yeah, and there was one play, the T. Higgins touchdown catch on James Pierre, where you're like, gosh, if that's Hayden, he's at least putting his hand on the football, if not maybe even intercepting that pass. Because Pierre was in good position. He It's almost like he just completely lost the football when it was in the air. Just absolutely repulsive. Brian, what were your thoughts on the uh, pass defense? I Dave summed it up really well. I mean, these guys were not defending. Not having Joe Hayden in, in there is a big problem, too guys i mean it was great to see mike minka get an interception i loved it but not much was good on that end either yeah i agree there okay uh let's see here let's try to go look through the stat line um boy this was just an atrocious outing and honestly if you're if you missed the game and you are just listening to us (laughs) <laughs> it was really just not, what we're saying. Making it, it, was sound. it was it was worse. Well, I don't think we're giving it justice for yeah. just how bad this defensive yeah. performance was. And again, like I said earlier in the show, I don't think it's all based solely on you know the the lack of Joe Hayden being in there. It was just no, it was no. bad all around, all around. So Brian would help, but not yeah. thirty one points were the help. We have a policy here on our YouTube channel. If you donate money, we're going to bring your uh, message up. And so we had someone donate $10, Scotland. He, Brian said he wanted to address this. So uh, he said, Badge, you're missing the point. No one's blaming you for the Steelers losing, like you said, for some stupid reason. Lost respect for you just now going off and ranting at your audience just now. So, Brian, have at it. I'll be glad to. And, uh, Scotland, I lose respect for me pretty much every every week on the show as well so that that's not a problem uh you know i did call out the live chat and i did and we address the uh ben roethlisberger situation every time they lose that he's done now um night rider i jumped on him too because he had the question because if you go back and look at it he said at bad when are you going to realize or when are you going to admit it's like yeah look he is at the end of his career He's a 39-year-old player, but they have not been in a position to bring that guy in. You know, you, you could bring that guy in at, at 24. His name's J.P. Lozman. And if you don't know who J.P. Lozman is, you didn't follow the draft the year Ben got drafted. So this is what they're working with, and everybody wants to get rid of him right away. Should have I called out the live chat in general? Well, probably not, no. Am I going to apologize for it no i'm not and the reason i'm not going to apologize for it is because we have a platform here and we're blessed to have this platform and we are going to get called out on every dumb take that we make and even a good take is going to be misconstrued sometime do we take that risk every time we open our mouths yes we do and i'm go and i have no problem and if you know anything about me, you know, one, I'm going to admit every time I was wrong, I'm I'm going to do that. Every time I'm wrong, I will do that. And besides, I think Jeff, Dave, and I are very equal with, with how well we treat the live chat. Because we mention every week how blessed we are to have you all in here. And I appreciate that. But getting attacked every time we, we say something that you don't agree with, sometimes, you know, you, you got to fight back. Knight Rider, do I have a problem with him whatsoever? Not at all. And I respect what he has to say. But when you at me, I'm going to come back at you. And that's what Don't I'm at me, bro. So, <laughs> so 
if, if I did offend anybody with that, I will ap apologize if I offended you. Now, Scotland, thank you for the $10. Thank you for having the backs of the people in the live chat and saying that you lost respect for me there too. I have no problem with that because the only thing that I will surmise from that comment that you don't have the experience with me that some of these people have for the last couple of years. If you keep on listening, I think you'll probably change your opinion back of me again, and I'll earn that respect back, and I have no problem doing so. So if that offended you, Scotland, I will say to you, I apologize, but get to know me a little bit more. As a quick uh, editor's note here, I want to say that if someone does give us a donation or a live chat, you know, we're going to do the best we can to get it on the screen. Like I sat on that $10 for a while because we won't want to just stop what we're talking about. We're going to try to go with the flow of the show. We'll get it on there for sure. Uh, if it's not right away, don't take offense to it. It's not that we're you know purposefully not bringing it up or anything like that. Um, someone said, you all are homers. Just admit it. I admit I'm a homer every single week when I do my <laughs> game. Things. Like We're fans. Like We're yeah. fans here. Like This isn't Stan Savern and Charlie Batch. Like you want to listen to those guys? Go listen to those guys. If you want a fan's opinion, this is where you should be. The fan's opinion. We are a fan-driven site. We are a fan-driven podcast platform, and that's what I feel like draws a lot of fans to us. Uh, Dave, go ahead. You have and I was going to say, as you can see, basically how a lot of people are in the live chat along with us. We were really fired up to start this show, and as the yes. show got on, we're kind of kind of calming down and just to realize that. I mean, it was just so embarrassing as being a part of Steelers Nation, to, to see that performance on the field. And we are frustrated. We want answers, and we want everything fixed, and we don't. And, it's, and, and it is. And then finally, you know, we're calming down, and we're just like, yeah, this is what it is. I mean, they came out and had an absolute stinker. Do you know what's really nice, though? I could say this for closing thoughts, sure. but I'm going to say it right now. Might be closing thoughts anyway, right, Jeff? It is. It um, is. is you know what's really nice? None of those points carry over to next week. The Steelers have the opportunity to put it together next week at Heinz Field. Now, does it really give us much, much hope that they could come out and do that? No. If there was any reason, any game for this team to be ready to go and fire it up and say that you're going to go out there and give it your best, this was it. I mean, we talked about it on the preview. I wasn't going to go as far as what Bad said is, is like that he was, you know, Guarantee that, that, that they're going to come out and win this game. You know, that's what happens when we do that thing. My thing is, as I, I thought for sure, for sure, that if any time the Steelers were going to come out and give us their best effort, it's going to be going in to that putrid state to have to play that team that already beat them once this year, beat them last year, two-game winning streak against the Steelers, on the road, AFC North football. If you're ever going to see the best that the Steelers have this season, this was going to be it. This was not the best that the Steelers had. They are, they're not a great football team, even when they play great, but they're not this bad. So they need to get this figured out because they get to start over with the score 0-0 zero, zero next week. But if they're still anywhere close to the way they played this week, it's not going to be 0-0 zero, zero for long, just like it wasn't this week. There you go, Brian. Any final thoughts for you? My final thoughts are this team was outmatched in this game. I agree with Dave. Next week, they are going to come back in and they're going to have an opportunity. A lot of times in their past, we've seen the Steelers come out and lose a game they shouldn't have lost. Now, I'm not saying that that's what this was, but I'm going to say that they could come up against a Ravens team at 425. 
and 425 equals prime time. It's the CBS game of the week. And that's a big deal. And there's not many other options in that game. And this is a team that seems to shine when that happens. They were never in this game. Never have I felt in a long time that the Steelers were out of it after one series. And I felt like that when that first interception hit. So all I'm going to say is the Steelers are a team that they get it together. They're not going to fold right now. And they're definitely not going to. So, you know what? Love this team. You have the right to be mad at this team. And that's no problem. But just when you think that you're done with them, they'll come back and surprise you. So let's hope that's next week. But for this week, I'm disappointed as all of you. Man, I I was mad that I had, my my family was putting up the tree today. I was mad that I had to continue to watch that game because I didn't want to watch that game after the first quarter. I was kind of done. But I'm coming back next week. And if they start off next year at 0-15, I'm there with bells on, whether I'm whether I have to do it or not. Because I would have never turned it off, even though I wanted to. Because that's how much we love this team. And I look up right now, there's 368 eyes on us as we speak. There's another 63 on Facebook. And when I see that, that shows how much you care about this team. And you're frustrated right now. And it's, once again, it's okay to be frustrated with this team. But you're not going away either. You're just going to be angry about it. (laughs) And be angry because I'm not happy with this effort either. But this is the 53 guys this week that we have. And this is the 53 guys that we're going to cheer for. And the 53 that make up the roster next week, we're going to cheer for them. And we're probably going to laud or complain about them next week. Scott gives us another $10. He's makes sense. Emotions are hot, not offended, just taking up for the audience and listeners. Love y'all's show and listen all week. Guess I misunderstood your rant. Much love to you guys. Go Steelers. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I, I think the fans need to understand one thing. Uh, we at behind the steel curtain are going to be here no matter what, uh, you're never going to see us cancel shows or not provide content, uh, just because of a loss or a losing streak of any kind, we're going to be here. And so if you're someone that loves the Steelers, no matter what, win, lose or draw, you're, we'll be here waiting for you. And that's on the podcast side, wherever you get your podcast or Steelers or behind the steel curtain, you can subscribe, get all of our content, not just that it's live on Facebook and YouTube. But also at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, our our community there is very knowledgeable. It's a good, diverse community. I, I recommend everyone go in there and be a part of the comment section. It's it's a lot of fun. But we will be here no matter what. So take that to the bank. And we'll be back next week after the Steelers play the Ravens at home at 425. So make sure you check us out for that. In the meantime, Steelers lose again. And here we go again. All right. We'll talk to you later. See you. Oh, how it rips